the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. It's Pride Month and we are sharing stories and issues concerning the LGBTQ community. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of terminology out there when it comes to referring to members of this community that I am unfamiliar with and I get confused about. What to say bon, bon, non-binary actually mean? When should I use this term? What pronouns I should use? Why it's important I get the pronouns right? What does cisgender, transgender mean? I get confused about it and I don't think I'm the only one on this. And it's important that we educate ourselves on this important terminology. Joining me now to uh, tell us more is a woman who's been working and advocating for the LGBTQ community for many years and has been a huge help and support for young LGBTQ people and their parents. Bernie Dean Quinn from Outcomers Dundalk is on the line with me now. How are you doing, Bernadine? And happy Pride to you. Good morning, Sinead. Happy Pride. Everything's great. Yeah, good. busy as. Good, busy good, good. June's a busy month. It is a busy month. And this is why I invited you on the show, because uh, there, there's so many different terms out there. You know, it used to be just maybe, say, lesbian, gay, bisexual. Now we have terms like non-binary, trans, pansexual, asexual. There's a lot of terminology out there. It's tricky to understand. You're going to hopefully break this down for us today. But let's start with non-binary, because this term seems to be in focus with a lot of celebrities like Demi Lovato and Sam Smith identifying as non-binary. What does this actually mean? Okay. Um, well, I can tell you that we have a very busy youth group here in Outcomers, and the majority of the young people in that group would identify as non-binary. It has become very, 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 very common term. And as you say, like when Outcomers opened 23 years ago, the two main people that would use it were lesbians and gay men. Mm. And occasionally um, we'd have somebody who'd come in who'd identify as bisexual. But that has really, really moved forward. And now we would have a lot of young people who identify as non-binary, trans or asexual or whatever. Um, So to talk about, I suppose, about non-binary for a bit, it's called gender non-binary. Okay, and Mm -hmm. so if, if we were in a room together, how I would explain this to you is I would draw a line on the floor. And I would say at one end of that line, you have a female. And at the other end of the line, you have a male. Okay, so that's the binary, a male and a female. And what a young person is saying to you when they say, I'm gender non-binary, is they're saying, I don't fit exactly into the male section of this line. And I don't fit exactly into the female section of the line. But I'm either somewhere in between it. And usually it's somewhere in between that line or outside it completely. But somewhere in between that line can be 
you know, it can identify in very many different ways. So when a young person would say to us, um, gender non-binary, we would ask, so what does that look like for you? Okay. So they would explain to us exactly what, what that meant to them because we would have a lot of non-binary kids and it would mean it, all of them are different. And most of the stories I hear, most of the people who come in here who identify as non-binary, none of them have the same experience or none of them are feeling exactly the same. So an example might be that we might have a person who is born female. So she should be, let's say, at one end of that line yeah. as a female. Now, that person may be saying to us, I'd rather use a male name or a name that do- doesn't identify me as female or male. So we'd get a lot of Sammy mm. or Sam or names that Alex, names that can be identified for either gender. Okay. Uh, and then in a lot of times it's their presentation. So they might choose to have, um, I, I don't want to say look masculine, but not look very, very feminine. I see what you're saying, like maybe more androgynous kind of Definitely, in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that might be that they they may be in, let's say, for, for toxic in an all-girls school. Mm-hmm. So at school time, they would wear a school uniform, probably a, a skirt and jumper and that. And then in their spare time, they might identify, they might present much more masculine, maybe a dicky bow, mm-hmm. shirt and dicky bow and, uh, and, and pants, and would use they or them as the pronoun that they choose to use. And maybe if I was looking at them with your eyes, for example, I might say, and they present much more masculine than you would see them during the week when they were at school. Okay, and you've mentioned, you know, the pronouns there, they and them. How important is it that we use the correct pronouns when it comes to non-binary? Because say, for example, with Sam Smith, you know, as as you kind of said there, you know, he appears male when you look at them, but identifies as both. So if I say he, that's going to be upsetting for them, isn't it? it again, sometimes. Okay. We, would, we would have young people here who don't, who, who don't put as much emphasis on the pronouns as others do. But for a lot of people, it's the only thing that can separate them. And so they, they like to have the appropriate pronouns assigned to them. So, so we always ask. And you, even when we, when we are presented something, if I was presenting something, I might say, my name is Bernadine Quinn and my pronouns are she, her. Okay. And if there was somebody else working alongside me, they may say my name's Jimmy Murphy and my pronouns or he, him or they, them or whatever the case may be. So we usually identify ourselves in, in that circle by the pronouns that we choose to use. Okay. So if they, if, if say we, we have a young person, let's go back to this young person who was born female, mm-hmm. who lives in the middle of this line somewhere, not exclusively male, not exclusively female, and they, we would ask, so what pronouns would you prefer we use? And they may say they, them. Okay. So now to, to the uninformed they, them sounds like you're talking about a group. Yeah, this is what's tricky to wrap your head around and it's trying to train your brain out of the she and the him, let's say, and getting it back to this they, uh, which is, this is the tricky part, isn't it? Yes, and um, we slip up on it all the time. Oh, Bernadine, that's great to hear, actually, because, you know, that's it. But it's it's about your intention. Yes. And our intention is not to offend. Our intention is that sometimes those things are hard to get. But if you are seen to be supporting somebody, 
they understand that sometimes it's really, really difficult to to remember all the time how you're supposed to address these people. Yeah. But uh, they them are um, are they kind of they kind of remove the exclusively male or exclusively mm. female. To keep it so, more neutral, kind yeah, of. They yeah, to keep it more neutral. So a lot of our young people would identify as they, them. Okay, and you know, you're saying this, you know, that you're seeing a lot more young people coming out as non-binary now. It, is it that we didn't have this term or language until a few years ago? Or are there other factors at play? Do we know why this kind of, I suppose, increase in the amount of people coming out as non-binary? Yeah, uh, well, I think, I think it's that our young people are much more informed about themselves. Mm. And uh, about how they feel in the world. I think we lived in a pretty, well, I did, I'm 57, and I lived in a pretty black and white world, I think, where you were one or the other and everything was one or the other. And I think now that there's a lot more options for for, um, people. And I think if we had had those options, I think a lot more of us would have identified maybe differently uh, then. Uh, but we didn't, and now they have. But I have met young people who have. Some people say, "Oh, it's access to the internet. It's too yeah. much of this. It's too much of that." I have met young people as young as five. Wow! Who are telling me that they are not a girl, okay, or they are not a boy? Or when will I be your little girl? So, and and people who we've met who are older said, "I always thought I would just change." Mm. I always thought that I started my life this way, but I would I would get to being a girl. And so, and I've met like five, six, seven, we would have parents contact us on a regular basis about eight years of age, 10 years of age, kids who wouldn't be exposed to an awful lot of um, media of any kind. And they still know that something in their body is telling them that they're not who we think they are okay. or, or how they present. So I, I have, this is how, this is why, Sinead, I am so on board with this stuff. Mm. Because this isn't a couple of 15-year-olds or 17-year-olds saying this stuff. They, we have young, young, young kids and parents and parents saying, we always knew this child is saying this since she was sitting on our knee. Wow, okay. And, and that's really important to get that message out there. And in terms of, say, because like, there could be maybe parents listening in right now that are, you know, maybe at the start of this journey where their child is saying, you know, I, I'm non-binary. And I suppose the immediate panic from a parent's perspective, Bernadine, is they want to change their sex and they, you know, might identify down the line as transgender. And then a lot of panic might come into play in that. Is this always going to lead to somebody becoming trans or is that not the case? That's not the case. Okay. In a lot of cases, people who are non-binary can stay non-binary all their lives. Okay. Never change anything about their bodies, never take any kind of hormones. They just live in the in the middle of that line, quite happily. And they use a a name that, as I say, is kind of androgynous or non-gendered name, I suppose. And uh, and they they dress androgynous or they sometimes dress a bit feminine, sometimes a bit masculine, but they they choose. So for a lot of people who are non-binary or who identify as non-binary, that's not necessarily the case that they go the whole way and mm-hmm. they would go on to hormone treatment and eventually transition, which sometimes can mean changing your body, but also with transitioning does not always mean changing your body. OK, so, and let's get into this then. So what exactly then does transgender mean and is it different then to transsexual? Yes. 
Okay. Okay, so what tra- what transgender means is that you're transitioning from one gender to the other. So I heard you say at the at the start, what does cisgender mean? Yes, yes. Because cisgender is a word that we have heard a lot of in the media lately. So I am cisgender, and I'm making the assumption now that you are cisgender. Yes. And how I'm doing that is I'm basing it on the fact that I was born female, and I think I am female. Okay. And I behave, and I use she, her pronouns, and I behave as I'm female, and I'm happy and comfortable being female. And if you had somebody who was born male, mm-hmm. uh, is very happy being male, has male body parts, uh, and thinks they are male, then they are also cisgender. Okay. And transgender is when your body parts do not match how you think you are, or how you feel that you are. So it's so um, we're cis because our body parts match who we think we are. Trans is when your body parts don't match who you think you are. Okay, I'm getting a message in here just and maybe you can clear this up, Bernadine, kind of from your your last comment there on, on young children and stuff. Uh, this person saying, I'm sorry, Sinead, but a five year old can't decide what they want for dinner, never mind what sex they are. And I think the issue is they're not uh, we're not telling them to change at that age. Certainly not. But you are experiencing children who feel that they are born in the wrong body. Yeah, and and I, I absolutely agree with you. But what I'm saying to you is that we have parents who have brought children to our service or who have contacted our service and have said to us, my child, when I say to my child, you are my best boy, they say, but when will I be your best girl? Mm. And we've, we've had uh, young children as young as five and up to eight years of age, that kind of age group, that say, I'm not a girl. I'm not a girl. Mm. And I absolutely agree that a child can't make their mind up what they want for dinner, but they know very clearly what they don't want for dinner. Yes, that's very true too. <laughs> you know, so, um, uh, and it, it's, all I'm saying is that as young as this age, kids, most kids who are not trans or non-binary do not use that, do mm. not say that. Yeah. So if, if you've got a child who, let's say, is cisgender, has body parts that matches the part they're born with and thinks that they're a girl, They'll happily go along the road and rarely, unless they're playing a game, would say, mm. I'm the boy or I'm the daddy or whatever the case may be. But in day-to-day life, they're a little girl and they're happy being a little girl. Or they're a little boy and they're very happy being a little boy. But there are some kids who say, I'm not a boy. And they'll stay with this as well. It's not like it's a fleeting thing. They will stay with this the majority yeah. of the time, particularly if it's that if it's that young. Look, I understand, Bernadine, and I know you do as well. You know, we are living in an Ireland that is, you know, resisting change a lot of the time, but we're getting there slowly but surely. The message with all of this is we have to be accepting. We have to be open to this and we have to bloody well support people who are going through this. Absolutely. And it's like... It, being trans affects one person. That's the person who is trans or non-binary. Mm. And our role is not to sit there and say, don't be ridiculous, you're not this or you're not that. Who are we to say who anybody is? Yeah. So our role is to, is to support that, go on the journey with them and be there for them. The person that's doing the real struggle here is the person who's trans or non-binary, mm. who is trying very hard to fit into a world full of square holes and they are round or they are triangle and it's very, very difficult to fit into those shapes when, when nothing in this world fits you. So everything we do is he, him, he, him, he, him, she, her, she, her, she, her. Yeah. If you don't identify in either one of them, it's very hard to find your place. 
And it's very hard as well when people are not going to support you. Speaking about support, and there is a lot of it there, and there are parents, you know, maybe who are listening in and are hearing these terms and their kids might be coming out to them as non-binary or trans who need support and the kids themselves need support. How can we get support for them, Bernadine? Tell us what you offer there. Okay, so in Outcomers, we offer, first of all, which is very, very important, a social space for young people to meet other people who identify the same as them. Very, very important. So coming to, to the likes of Outcomers or coming to Jigsaw in, uh, or um, not Jigsaw in Drogheda, the Boomerang in Drogheda, yes. um, it, you will meet, they will meet other kids that are the same as them. They will, they will meet other people who have had similar experiences which is very, very, very important. That's number one. Number two, we support parents. We get parents in, have this kind of chat in much more, go in much more in depth into this kind of a conversation with parents. Um, and then we can link parents in with the appropriate supports for parents and the appropriate supports for uh, young people. They're limited in this, in this country, but we happen to work very closely with probably the best psychologists and psychotherapists in Ireland be, dealing with um, gender identity. And that is a, a psychologist in Cork called Dr. Lisa Brinkman. And she's superb. And that's who we, we would work with closely. And she's great for answering questions and having conversations for parents and for young people. So we would also link in with Lisa Brinkman and we would help guide through the health uh, pathways for mm-hmm. young people who are, are trans or non-binary and um, the mental health supports that are out there. So we uh, we offer as much as we can and um, and but the most important part of it is a little bit of social support. For kids, we have, I wouldn't say a week goes over our head when we're not contacted by a parent or a young person who's living in, in the gender non-binary world. And in recent years, in the last three or four years, almost every school has contacted us to say, we have a young person who's joining us this year. We need to mm-hmm. know they're trans or non-binary and we need to know how best to work with this young person. And so that sometimes can be um, us going into the school and having that chat about what, what name, what toilet, all of this kind of stuff. Okay. How, how are we going to support the child? So um, we, we also work with schools then to, to help them implement policies that just make that place a safe place for a kid and a place where that, where that young person feels trusted and accepted. And the, the important part of it is, is just all you're doing is making that wee kid's life a little bit simpler as they figure stuff out. Yeah. And this is this is what you guys do. You're the, the liaison in between. Bernadine, there's so much more I could go into, but thank you so much for taking the time to explain this to us on the show. I feel I've learned an awful lot from speaking with you. Thank you for joining me today. Sinead, you're very welcome. Thanks, Thanks so a much. Million. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride, Bernadine Quinn there. If you want to find out more information, as she mentioned, Boomerang in Drada, they Facebook, they're online as well. Also, outcomers.org, you'll find the main website there and they're on social media as well. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.